0: Appreciate that. i tell you what, fellas, I want you to know something. I do appreciate it. You guys get up here and sing. That's a blessing. What a blessing it is. Where, where else, you know, you don't find very many teenage boys going to get up and sing in church, amen? I praise the Lord for that, and our teenage girls. I was telling my wife that I said, you know, one of the, one of the highlights in, in some of our singing stuff is have some of these teenagers get up here and sing. And uh, I praise the Lord for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Keep on singing. Do it for the Lord. Do it for the Lord do it for the Lord. That's who you do it for. You serve the Lord and and uh, put him first and we'll maybe we'll talk about that a little bit tonight in, in our message. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 15. We're going to actually look at some verses in chapter 15 and also in chapter 16 this evening. Be much in prayer for brother Jim. I know he'd like to be here. He's in the hospital and of course most of you know that he they decided they had a couple little strokes and stuff and so be much in prayer for his recovery and so the Lord be with him. If you would please stand for the reign of God's word, if you're able to. Luke chapter 15, then we'll look at a couple verses in Luke chapter 16 also. If you'd look with me in verse 11 of chapter 15, very familiar portion of scripture. I know this is preached on continually, but I'm going to tie these two chapters together just a little bit for, for the thought that we have tonight. It says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. If you look with me down in chapter sixteen, begin verse one. He said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no mayest be no longer Uh, is no longer steward then the steward said within himself what shall i do for my lord taketh away from me the stewardship i cannot dig to beg i am ashamed if you look back there's two verses these two verses here verse 13 of luke 15 notice here and i was how this happened i was i come this afternoon getting ready to do some studying and and I don't know, if you notice how I do, I've got notes in my Bible, I clip notes into my Bible with, with uh, uh, paper clips, and you say, why do you do that for a preacher, it doesn't keep you on track. Well, I know, I chase a lot of rabbits, but uh, it's there to make me feel good and make you feel good, like I've got it wrote down. You say, is it wrote down all the time? Absolutely not, amen? And, uh, but as I was taking those out, a verse caught my eye, and it was Luke 15, and verse 13. And man, it's like it screamed at me. And says there, no, sir, and this is what, what came out at me. Look at the latter part of verse 13. It says, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Look down in chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 1, the latter part of that verse. The same was accused unto him that he wasted his goods. Wasted his goods. I'd like to preach a message that I've... Titled, Waste Not, Want Not. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that's been sung. Thank you for these young men and and saying, Lord, tonight, what a blessing it is. Lord, the song was a blessing, but it was a blessing to see them get up and sing. Feel the same about our young ladies, about everybody that does, Lord, lift you up. Lord, I pray that you be with us tonight. Strengthen us, guide us, help us, Lord, to yield our hearts to you not to self and not to this world and definitely not to satan but help us to yield unto you lord you know the need of every heart here i don't and so lord may you give me the words to say may i decrease may you increase lord may you guide me direct my tongue to say that which you'd have me to and may i exalt you lord in the preaching of thy word i pray in jesus name amen be seated that common thread that comes through there between those verses I spoke, out, uh, spoke about there, was that something was wasted. Something was wasted. You know, uh, we've all heard the old expression, boy, what a wasted life. What a wasted life. Everybody, everybody in this room probably knows of somebody that that could pretty well be said about, what a wasted life. Over the years, uh, as a pastor and as a youth pastor and watching people uh, go through life and, and knowing people and trying to minister to them and trying to help them and trying to encourage them in the Lord and you see people get saved and you see them get in there and get excited about the Lord and you see them begin to grow and then all of a sudden it seems like they go away and they begin to go a different direction and, and, and you stand there and you look at what's happening in their lives and many times you'll say, what a wasted life, what a wasted life. Everybody here, it may be a family member, it might be a friend, it might be an acquaintance, but many of us know of, not just one, but many people, if, if you was really to say anything about their life, you'd have to say, what a wasted life. Many of them have great abilities, many of them have the opportunities that, that maybe we might not have, and yet we see them wasting those opportunities, wasting that ability, wasting what God has given them, and boy, we just look at it and we say, what a wasted life. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to be wasted. I don't want to get down to the end of life and maybe be laying on a hospital bed or uh, on, on the last hours of my life and look up and say, boy, it's all been a waste. I don't ever want to get to that point. I don't want to get to a place where I look at my life and, and, and say, you know what, I'm, uh, I've, I've wasted it. So I want to live for the Lord. I want to do what He wants me to do and I want to take out what he has given me and use it for his honor and for his glory to see him magnified in and through my life. You see, the goods here the, or the substance that was given in, into the, the keeper's hand was, uh, was that of another person. Think about that for a second. Each one of those men, what they had, what they wasted, originally belonged to somebody else. It was somebody else's. Look in Luke 15, verse 12 again. It says, And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And notice what it says, and this is the key point of that. And he divided unto them, look at the last two words, his living. His living. It wasn't time yet to divide up the inheritance dad was still able to work dad was still doing what needed to be done it wasn't time for him to sit down and say i'm on if you go back into the the uh uh, uh I, I want to use traditions but it was the way that they lived uh, uh, the jews they knew how this was there come a time when the when the father was about to pass away and he would call the family around and he would divide the portions to those children to whom it belonged and the firstborn generally got the largest amount. That's just the, That was their custom. That was what they did. And uh, at times we read in the Bible where it didn't work that way. The Lord directed it to somebody else. But many times, but if you look at the way it was, it was at that point when that, that father was about to, pass on here we have a situation he's got two sons and and uh, and of course jesus is giving this parable here and so he would be using the jewish customs of of the division the younger son not the older son the younger son comes and he says give me what belongs to me give me what you're going to give me one of these days divide it up This father is still living by that. He still has a household, if you read the rest of it, he still has a household of servants and workers and and families that's still there. And now he takes the division that he's going to give that son, he divides it from his living, part of what he was living on himself, and gives it to that son. So we find that uh, it was somebody else's. The father divided unto them his living it was that which himself had worked to get and he paid the price in beginning that he in the beginning that he might have something to give to his sons who knows this this father may have started out with absolutely nothing and he worked hard to gain what he gained and now he's dividing his living unto them then look down in verse 16 chapter or chapter 16 verse 1 and he said unto his disciples there was a certain rich man which had a a steward and the same was accused unto him that he wasted his goods a steward is one that takes care of another person's items or goods or possessions he's the manager of it you might say Uh, it's not his it belongs to somebody else a steward you're you're taking care of it Uh, could I put it in this type of terminology that you might understand if you take money and you put it in the bank they're being a steward over your money, especially if you have an interest-bearing account. Uh, they're, they're stewards over it. You get so much interest, they watch over it. Uh, it could be the same with uh, if you have a business. And let's say that, uh, that you branch out in this business and, and you set up an office here in Marshall, but then you set up one in Columbia and then you set up one in St. Louis. You have to have what they call branch managers to take care of. You can't be in every place uh, at once and so you have managers they are stewards they're taking care of business for you they have in their control the possessions that you have of that business and so they're watching over it here's this man that has these possessions and he's got a steward the one that's watching over it notice whose goods it is it really doesn't belong to to the steward the goods belong to the the uh, the, the the man that that put that put him in that position but it is the steward that wastes those goods. He wastes those goods. You see, though the son of the fathers received his goods in an inheritance, it was that which was given to him by his father with hopes that he would use it wisely and prosper with it and not waste it. I believe that every father in here, if you have a son or even a daughter or any, any children that you're going to pass an inheritance on, you would want them to take it and use it wisely. You wouldn't want them to just take it and, and say uh, uh, say uh, uh, that, that Wyatt gets, uh, his dad gives him, uh, say he gives him a, a $50,000 to start him out or something. And, and the girls are right back there saying, Dad, are you going to give us $50,000? No, he's just going to give White $50,000, thank you. No, I, and, and the fact is he gives him the $50,000. It would not be Roy's intention for him to take that $50,000 and say, hey, why don't you go out and buy you a hot rod? No, it would be Roy's intention. I'm trying to get you set up. I want you to be wise about how you use it. Starting your own, Say he's going to start his own business or whatever he's going to do. Want you to, want you to go buy the tools that you need, get you a place to work out of, whatever. Don't just take it and, and say, you know what I think I'm going to do today? I got this fifty thousand dollars. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Boonville to the to the gambling casino, and I'm gonna have a little fun. After all, it's not you know fifty. It, it, I didn't have fifty thousand dollars before the day, so I'm just gonna go take it and gamble. Maybe I'll make a hundred thousand. He said that'd be a waste. It sure would It'd be a waste. And I don't think Roy would want that to happen. He could take the money and he could say, you know, how much, how many Big Macs would $50,000 buy? <laughs> and he could blow it on stuff like that. You know, the intent of a father would be that their children, yes, that they might enjoy it, but that they would use it wisely. Wisely that they would use it in such a way that it would maybe grow or that it would at least be a blessing to them for a long period of time and help them instead of seeing it wasted. That would be the intent of the father of this young man that gave him that, uh, uh, his, his uh, inheritance, you might say. Then you have the steward who is managing the, that which didn't belong to him Even though the the father gave that to his son, it belonged to him then. He wouldn't want him to waste it. But you have the steward it doesn't belong to him, and he's responsible to manage it and produce more for his owner of the substance, yet he's also wasted it. So you have two types of situations here where these two people have wasted what has been given to them by somebody else. We as a born-again Christian... You're a born-again Christian sitting here tonight. You've been given so much beyond your comprehension. You might say that for us it's both ways. There's that inheritance which we have through salvation in Jesus Christ. There's an inheritance for us. What belongs to Jesus Christ belongs to us because we're not only heirs, the Bible says, but we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so we have an inheritance in heaven that's been laid up for us. Because of salvation in Jesus Christ. But we also have that which through salvation is ours. But our Heavenly Father gave it to us to use wisely and not to waste it. There's a lot of things. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about a lot of things in our life. So we also have that which is is given to us by the Heavenly Father. That we're to be stewards over and good managers of it. Not wasting that which belongs to the Father. But but placed into our hands for the kingdom's sake, for God's glory. God didn't just save us to take what He's given us and to sit idly by and let it be wasted. When you got saved, you got more than eternal life. You got so much more than eternal life. And so many times people waste it Completely. Now that which is reserved in heaven, you can't waste it away. But God has given us so much here. You know that God is the God of peace and He gives us peace, but a lot of people waste the peace that God gives them. How they do it, preacher? They go out into sin and they waste the peace that God gives them. And if they'll come back, Lord, he gives them more peace. But many times they go back out, they lose that peace again. They're wasting it. They're wasting the peace that passeth all understanding. They're wasting it on this world. Wasting it on the junk of this world that is sin. And and, and then they wonder, why don't I have peace? Why Why do I struggle without peace in God? It's because they're wasting it. God's given them that. The blessings of God. So many times God has blessed us as Christians and, and yet we, we snub our nose at it and we take it lightly and we waste it away. Instead of allowing it to, to be used for His honor and for His glory and to, to see great and mighty things happen, we waste it. Could I say that there's always going to come a reckoning time as it did for these two? Look in verse 14 of chapter 15. It says, And when He had spent all... There arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Isn't it amazing? He wasted it, and then there arises a famine. It's now, it's time to look and say, what did I do with what I had? It's a reckoning time. I had all this. I had all this substance that my father had given me. And it wasn't because it wasn't enough. It said that he wasted it with righteous living. That's otherwise wicked living. He lived it up. He, uh, 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 he, 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 he wasted it on things that he should have never been involved in. He wasted it here. He threw it there because he didn't work for it. It meant nothing to him. You know what's sad? People get saved, and we begin to treat salvation that way because salvation didn't cost us something. Sometimes we waste it. We treat it so lightly. We treat it as though it can be thrown around, and we waste it. We waste away the joy of it. We waste away the, 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 the greatness of it and, the, and, and what God has given to us through salvation. In verse 2 of chapter 16, it says, And he called him, the owner did, and said to him, How is it that I hear this of thee? And notice what he says, Give an account of thy stewardship. He says, I want you to tell me right now what you've done with everything give an account I have taken this I have put it into your hands and I hear that you have wasted it now tell me where's it at tell me why it's where it's at give me an account folks there's coming a reckoning day for every one of us even as a Christian we've been given so much now, it's different than the white throne judgment. The white throne judgment is when all the lost will come before the Lord. They will be judged according to their works out of the books. Their name will be, and, and they'll go through the process of looking. Your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. They'll be judged out of the other books. They will be taken. They will be cast into lake of fire. That is the great white throne judgment. But the Bible talks about a judgment seat of Christ, and it's at, and it more than likely will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, probably going on during the tribulation period down here. We will be in heaven, and we will be going through that time of not so much as judgment as it is of giving an account of what we've done with that which God has given us as a Christian. How we've lived our lives. What we've did with the abilities He's given us. What we, what we, how we treated that which he 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 blessed us with, and how that we, how 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 our faithfulness was. The Bible tells us uh, in Romans fourteen, in verse eleven and twelve, says, "For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God." So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We will give an account. We will bow before Him and we will see all that He has blessed us with and all that He has given us, whether it be that inheritance or whether it be that which that He has given us to use for His honor and glory while we were here on this earth, we will bow the knee and we will give an account of what we've done. I'll be honest with you, it ought to motivate a born-again Christian to use what they have been given by the Heavenly Father when they consider there's a coming and a reckoning day, one where we'll give that account. It ought to stir our hearts say, you know what, I want to use what God has blessed me with. I want to use it for His honor. I want to use it for His glory. Because one day I'm going to stand before Him. I'm going to kneel before Him. Now, we always say stand, but the Bible says that every knee shall bow. I'm going to kneel before Him and I'm going to be honest with Him. This is what I did with my life for you. This is how I served you. You blessed me with this. You blessed me with a Bible in my hand. You blessed me with a church to go to. You blessed me with, a, with, with the Holy Spirit that dwelled within me. And, and this is what I did with it. We'll give an account. We'll give an account of how we lived, what we did. Not only is there that reckoning, but we've been given so much when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. A lot of times we don't stop and think about what we've been given. We've been given so much. As a Christian, God has blessed us beyond measure. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of his Son, or uh, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And notice what it says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Therefore, because we have been given much, much is required. Every one of us, there's been much given to each of us. I don't know about you, but in my life, I, I look back and every one of us can look at our lives and we can be begin to say, you know what, this is how God got me to a place where I got saved. That was the mercies of God that he, he, and He gave me mercy and, and, and kept working in my heart until I got saved. That's the mercies of God. He's given me the mercy of God. Could I not take the mercies of God and share that with others? He put me in a in a, in a, in a place where, where uh, I could learn about him. He put me in a, in, a good, in a good church with a Bible preaching preacher that Brother Parker uh, uh, stood up on that, that platform. And, and he and walked around like I did. He'd get down and, and one thing about Brother Parker, he'd start preaching and he gets so a red face. You thought his head was going to blow off of him. And he'd preach and boy, I tell you what, I, sat, I always sat on the front and, and, and God spoke to my heart and worked in my heart in those days and God gave me the Word of God to challenge me and to, and to cause me to desire to live for God. There was those times when the temptations would come. And the Holy Spirit of God that God gave me, that dwelled within me, would rebuke me and say, no, don't have anything to do with that. Stay away from it. It'll destroy your life. Keep away from it. And through the mercies of God and through the Holy Spirit which He gave me that dwelled within me, kept me from messing up my life in in areas that, that so many people get their lives messed up in. Not because I'm something, but it's because what God gave me. You say, Preacher, I wish God gave me that. If you're saved, God gave it to you. The same thing that I got. God doesn't treat his children any differently. My friend, I can go on down the line when he gave me the word of God and I began to read and he began to give understanding and began to speak to my heart from verses. And in the Bible, he gives it and made it rich and and, and put a stirring in my heart for the things of God. I tell you what, it's just good to know. It's good when God comes down and he, he goes like this and he stirs that heart and sets it on fire. He blows into the coals of that heart and, and, and causes a flame to come up in your soul. That's a gift of God that he's given unto you that you, could, that you could take that fire and use it. Hey, listen, you don't just sit in a service and say, Oh, well, you know, that's good. I'm praise God. That's good. Thank you, Lord, for stirring my heart. And so many Christians today, we sit idly by and we waste what God has done in our hearts and lives. Wasted. Wasted. I think about, I think about the wife that he gave me and, and, and what a helpmeet she has been to me in the ministry, as a, in our marriage as a husband, as a mother, but even in a ministry. A lot of people don't know what a pastor's wife goes through. Ain't this what you wrote down? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> And I praise the Lord for that. And I don't ever want to take that for granted. Because that's something God's gave me. The husband that you have, ladies. The, the wife that you have, men. The Bible says it's a gift of God. The children that you have. The Lord said, is the man whose quiver is full of them. Some of us have bigger quivers than others. But what a blessing. What an opportunity. We live in the United States. We have freedom to gather together tonight like this. To preach the word of God. To sing the, the praises of God. To pray and to seek the Lord. I have, the, I have the freedom to preach against, against the wickedness of our government. And to stand strong on the word of God. We may lose that freedom one of these days. You know why? Because we wasted it now. Because we wasted it now. <clears throat> Because we wasted the opportunity, every one of us have, a, have an opportunity. God has blessed us and gives an opportunity to get on our knees and to call unto Him. He, you say, "Well, what do you mean?" Jeremiah three three three: "Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and give and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not." Do you want the Lord saying, "I'm giving you the phone line"? He said, "Would you just call on me?" He said, "If you will, I'll show you great and mighty things." He's he's standing waiting to answer prayer to those who will meet the conditions that he has. It's not just a name it, claim it thing. But meeting the conditions that the Lord has laid, praying according to his will, but praying uh, and seeking his face. And, And so many times, you know what we do as Christians? We waste prayer. We waste it. See, what do you mean, how do we waste it, preacher? By, by praying for the wrong thing? Well, sometimes, yeah, but you know what? We waste it by not using it. Waste it by not using it. And here it is, one of the greatest tools that God has given us, and we waste it by not using it, by not seeking the Lord. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you know one of the sweetest things here on earth, and you might as well get used to this if you're saved, you're going to have to be around me in heaven. Ha ha. You say, but heaven's going to be sweet. It is. But you know what? We ought to enjoy the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ here. We have got in this day and time, We have got to a place where we no longer fellowship with one another like we used to. Some of the greatest memories I have and some of the most impactful memories that happened in my life was because of fellowship that I had with other Christians when I was younger. Made a major difference in my life. Major difference in my life. And yet, you know what? We're so busy and we waste that opportunity of having that fellowship with one another And we wonder why in churches there's not the unity that there ought to be. I'll tell you why. Because we don't fellowship like we ought to. And I understand that not everybody's going to want to fellowship, you know, with everybody because of age difference or something like that. But, you know, uh, fellowship is sweet. Fellowship is good. When we have fellowships at church, well, I'll tell you what, it's just, it's, I, as a pastor, I just love watching people uh, that fellowship together. And you know what, one of the things, that, and a lot of preachers tell me the same thing when they come here, come in here and they preach, and, they, uh, and especially if they're preaching revival and they're here uh, through the week and all, and they watch our people, they watch you all, and they say, you know what, now those people stand around and they talk to one another and they talk to one another, and they visit, man, they fellowship. You know what, that's a sign of a healthy church. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But sometimes we waste it. And then we see the church die. I guarantee you, go to some of the churches in town that the lights are off tonight, or they very, have very few in there. Look at their fellowship. A lot of times there's not much there. And I'm talking about fellowshipping around the Lord, I'm not talking about fellowshipping around a bingo table. I'm talking about fellowshipping with the Lord. Boy, what a difference it is, but we waste it sometimes. I could go on and on with the, the different things that God has blessed us with and that He has given us and He and He but He says to whom for whomsoever in Luke chapter 12, verse 48 he says the, the latter part he says, For who, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much of him sh- They will ask the more. So to whomsoever much is given, much is required. Can I tell you that we as Christians, much has been given to us? Much. Therefore, much is required. And we will give an account. But could I ask you, are we wasting what God has blessed us with? Are we wasting what God has given us? We've been given great opportunity to do much for the Lord. As a church and as Christians, to let the world see Jesus Christ in us, we've been given that opportunity. But are we wasting the opportunity? Wherever we go, we have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to let them see Jesus Christ in our lives. But are we wasting that? Do people around you, at work, at wherever you're at, do they know that you know Christ as your Savior? Can they tell the difference? Can they see that? Or are you wasting the opportunity? Are we wasting that? So many times today, I have talked, it, it, and it's heartbreaking to sit down with a family that you're going to preach the funeral. And, and I've been called into a lot of funerals that I didn't know the people. They needed a preacher. And, they, and, the, and, the, and the funeral home director calls me and say, Will you do this funeral for me? I said, Sure, I'll do it for you. And I go and I always try to talk to the family to find something out about the deceased. And, and one of the major questions I always ask them, Did they know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Because that is the greatest hope when somebody passes away. And it's also one of the saddest points when they pass away if they didn't. And time and time again, spouse, children will say, well, I don't, I don't know. They was a good person. They was a good person. I, I, yeah, I, I think so. I, I, they, they must have been a Christian. And they didn't know. If that person was a Christian, they wasted their testimony. They wasted the opportunity to impact their children for the Lord Jesus Christ and others around them. What a waste. What a sad waste. We have the opportunity, Christian, to tell others about Christ. We need to share the gospel to get the gospel out, not just here, but even around the world, to reach the lost around the world. We have the opportunity to raise the next generation. If you're under, if you're under uh, 20 years of age, would you stand up? If you're under 20 years of age, would you stand up? Would you look around on a Sunday night, on a Sunday night, That's a blessing. (laughs) On a Sunday night, that's a blessing. But can I tell you, that is also an opportunity and that is a responsibility that's been given into our hands. And if we waste it, don't look for that many to stand up in 10 years. If we waste it. Would you sit down? If you're 40 to 20, stand up. 40 to 20. Boy, we're going to find out how many. We're going to find out what your age is tonight, amen? 40 to 20. Still, still a good number. Generation, right now you're, you're supposed to be carrying the ball. We don't want to waste it. As I look around, they are. Let me see. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> Say, why, preacher? Because I go up a couple more numbers. Some of you can't get up, Amen. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. It's guys like this right here are still making impact. Amen. Faithful to the Lord. serving God. Not wasting it. It'd be a lot easier to sit at home. Brother Jim in the hospital. If he wasn't in the hospital, he'd be here. Generally every Monday morning, he'll come in, he goes, picks up the, the the deposit slip and stuff for the church, comes back, puts it in the office, comes in, sits down in the office, and we'll sit there and and we'll talk. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's almost an hour. You know what he's doing? He's cur- encouraging a, an old bald head preacher. And he's not wasting what God's giving. I'd almost guarantee you sitting, laying there in that hospital, he's already talked to some of those nurses and asked them about their eternal soul. One of the first things my wife, when she heard that he was in the hospital, she said, do you think he's got enough tracks? <laughs> I said, no, and Jim, No. I said he probably needed more. I look out and, you know, I talk about these guys singing tonight, these girls that sang the other day. Are we going to waste that as a church? Next group up, are we going to waste that? That next group up is a hard group to reach in this day and time. Are we going to waste it, what we have? God's blessed us. Are we going to waste it? I look at that verse and he said he wasted it on righteous living. Preacher, how would we waste it? By not loving them, by not preaching the Word of God, by not encouraging them by not getting them involved. Oh, how we need to make sure we don't waste that. He's given us the opportunity to seek revival. Every one of us, we have the opportunity To call on the Lord, to get our lives in a position where God can bring revival in our hearts and lives. Every single person, I don't care who you are, I don't care. And you say, well, preacher, if you would preach so that we could really have revival, we'd have. No, God's given every single one of us an opportunity without the preaching uh, uh, from this platform to have revival. Let us not waste it. Let us not waste it. We have the opportunity to worship the Lord. Let's not waste it. To lift Him up now. Throughout all eternity, we're going to magnify the Lord. But my friend, it should begin now to worship Him. Don't waste the opportunity to magnify Him. Don't waste the opportunity to brag upon Him. Don't waste the opportunity to to just thank Him for His goodness unto us. Let it not be said of us, as as the Lord said of the church, uh, or as the Christians, as he did to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. And verse 14 says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, be, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich, and we've wasted it and increased with goods that God's blessed us with, and we've wasted it, and have need of nothing. He says, And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Or as he said of the church of Ephesus, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Could I say that probably one of the greatest waste? Of a Christian today is the love of God we waste his love we waste his love what a waste it would be for me as a husband to never tell my wife and express my love to her Until one day she dies and she's laying in a casket and I walk up and say, Janine, I love you. I love you. I want you to know I love you. I'll do anything for you. What a waste of love. And yet, will we sit here idly by as Christians and waste the love of God? Let's not waste what he's given us. Let us come before him. Say, oh Lord, use me. Use me. Fill me. Pour me out for your honor and glory. Lord, let it be as I let me be as Isaiah who said, Lord, here am I, send me. Use me, Lord. And help me not to waste what you so richly blessed me with. And that we would start on our knees before God. Begin to recount the blessings of God. The mercies of God. And all that he has bestowed upon us now. And all that he has in that inheritance yet in heaven. Say, Lord, let me not waste it. May I use all for you. Let's bow. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Lord, as I flipped through that, taking that sermon out this afternoon, as I seen that verse, and He wasted all of His substance with righteous living, oh Lord, how it glared in my heart and mind how we as Christians are wasting, wasting, wasting precious substance, the substance of God our time, our talents, our opportunities. Let us not waste, but let us be used of God. May we take this gospel, may we take the word of God. May we bring it to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Help us in our churches, Lord, not to waste what you've blessed us with this next generation, these young people, those who are 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 active now, Lord. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those who have stayed by the stuff. And, Lord, they're not wasting what you've given them, Lord. They keep pushing it to the end. Lord, so many in here I could have went to like I did Brother Gene and put my hand on their shoulder and say, thank you for not wasting it, for not wasting your prayers, for not wasting your praise to God, for not wasting your life, and, 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 and Lord, for them living for you. Have your will way now, Lord, I pray in the invitation. May we find a place to say, O oh Lord, use me, direct me, and help me not to waste thy great substance. For this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed as the piano plays?